You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins for Thursday, March 2nd. I'm Portia Cook, your news director, and I, along with Assistant News Director Lee Zempel, are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, you will hear from former U.S. Ambassador of Ukraine during his keynote address to the CSU community at the International Symposium in Campus News with Lee Zempel. After abandoning plans in Fort Collins, In-N-Out is coming back to Northern Colorado. Find out when and where in local news with me. And political tensions are rising with the possibility of Biden's student debt relief plan being struck down by the Supreme Court. This and more with Lee Zempel in national news. And with that, let's move right into campus news with Lee Zempel. My name is Lee Zempel, and these are your campus news updates. CSU's International Symposium came to a close yesterday after a series of 24 events that ran since Monday, but one event in particular held a lot of interest from organizers and attendees. On Tuesday, William Taylor, the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, visited the Lori Student Center for a keynote address. He talked about the war between Russia and Ukraine and why it matters to the United States. The International Symposium is all about bringing a global lens to learning and teaching for CSU students and community members. Organizers try to include a big speaker every year to bring current international events to campus. So, organizers were excited to have Taylor share his thoughts on one of the biggest international conflicts today, according to organizer Kathleen Fairfax in an interview with The Collegian. There's a lot of interest in the event from the community, too. The seats were filled before the event even started. Many people showed up wearing Ukraine's colors in support. If you want to read about Taylor's thoughts and predictions on the war, you can find that information and more on the Collegian website. If you haven't already seen it, the CSU Theater's production of The Normal Heart is running the first of its last shows tonight at 7.30. The Normal Heart is an autobiographical play written by Larry Kramer, set during the rise of the AIDS epidemic in New York City in the early 1980s. It follows the story of a gay activist who founded a prominent HIV advocacy group. The last run of shows will go through the weekend, ending on a Sunday matinee at 2 p.m. on March 5th. Tickets are free for CSU students. You can find more information about the show and how to attend through the CSU University Events Calendar, which is available online at calendar.colostate.edu. That's all for Campus News. I'm Lee Zimpel. Up next, you'll hear from Portia Cook in local news. In local news, do you remember when In-N-Out was set to make a home in Fort Collins? I do, and I couldn't have imagined where they would have put the popular restaurant without creating an unimaginable amount of traffic. Well, after abandoning plans in Fort Collins, In-N-Out is back, but this time right next door in Loveland, Colorado. That is right, In-N-Out is making its entry into northern Colorado, and this time it is here to stay. Larimer County property records show that In-N-Out purchased the building formerly known as Mimi's Cafe located at 1450 Fall River Drive in Loveland for about $1.3 million. The burger chain confirmed that it is indeed moving forward with its plans to build the new restaurant on the Loveland site. Once the project breaks ground, the new In-N-Out location will take about eight to nine months to build. And of course, once a timeline for building plans is released, we here in the KCSU News Room will be sure to let you know. For now, if you are craving one of those delicious double-doubles, you will have to take the trip to the closest In-N-Out located about an hour away in Thornton. 
Hopping right on over to our neighboring town of Timnath, a proposed top golf site has Colorado Parks and Wildlife a bit worried. Are their concerns valid? Well, Colorado Parks and Wildlife wrote in an assessment letter to the town of Timnath that they are extremely concerned about the proposed top golf site's negative impact on wildlife. Because the location is in close proximity to an area that is home to a variety of species, CPW said they are concerned that the project may negatively impact animals such as bald eagles, bats, and other raptors. Here's what CPW is suggesting to developers of the Topgolf project. CPW says developers should provide the agency and town of Timnith with netting information, including gauge, mesh spacing, visibility, and total area. CPW went on to suggest that developers should address wildlife species collisions, net monitoring protocols, expected response time to address injured, trapped, and dead wildlife, and anticipated resources to rescue injured wildlife within the project site. The frequency of collisions and collisions resulting in injury and death tolls at all existing top golf sites. Finally, CPW said annexation codes should be delayed until such time when all the above information and data have been shared and analyzed with CPW. In response, Timnath Community Development Director Matt Blakely said they received the CPW report and will require Topgolf to submit the information needed to work with CPW going forward. Blakely went on to say that it's still pretty early in the process and they don't have the reports and documents from the applications they need at this time. So where will the proposed Topgolf site be located? Well, Topgolf is considering a location within the Ladaria development project located south of Costco, north of Ketcher, and west of CR5, all of which run along the I-25 commercial corridor. Within this area today, there are four bald eagle nests within 2.0 miles of the site, including one within a mile and a historical hawk nest within a quarter mile of the site. In other news, the City of Fort Collins Art in Public Spaces is now accepting 2023 art designs. The City of Fort Collins Art in Public Places APP program is accepting designs from artists aged 3 to 18 years old. The drawings will be sandblasted into 16 by 16 granite pavers and incorporated into the city's streetscapes and sidewalks. Artists whose designs have been selected by the committee will be awarded $50. The deadline to submit your artwork is April 4th by 5 o'clock p.m. and can be done online by visiting fcgov.com slash artpublic slash pedestrian. Since 2002, the City of Fort Collins Art in Public Spaces program Pedestrian Paver Project has been working with the city's engineering and streets development team to incorporate granite pavers with drawings by community members into city sidewalks. The designs are selected through a open call process and each young artist receives an honorarium for their work. Roughly 15 drawings are selected from about 200 to 450 entries a year. And that is all for your local news. Up next, a memorial service for all of the victims of the Holocaust is set to take place. Find out when, where, and how you can participate in events news with me after the break. Crazy Carl's Pizza is known in Fort Collins and Loveland for its award-winning pizza, hot stuffed grinders, meaty bone-in wings, and more. Proudly serving Northern Colorado since 2010 with awards and accolades from No Coast Style, the Coloradoan, CSU and Feasting Fort Collins, Crazy Carl's has three convenient locations for dine-in, pickup, and delivery. Cheer on your favorite local teams and enjoy our food hot and fresh.
And I'm back with your events news. As Holocaust Awareness Week comes to an end, students for Holocaust Awareness Week organizers are preparing to end the week with a memorial walk in recognition of all of the Holocaust victims. The Memorial Walk to Remember by AEPI will take place tomorrow, Friday, March 4th at 1 o'clock p.m. in the Lori Student Center Plaza or Theater Lobby, depending on the weather. The Memorial Walk and all other annual Holocaust Remembrance Week events are made possible by the Students for Holocaust Awareness at CSU. This organization focuses on the reflection and remembrance of the Holocaust by hosting a week of events that are open to the public at CSU. If you are looking for things to do off campus, you can head on over to the Lyric Cafe tomorrow, Friday, March 3rd at 6 o'clock p.m. for the Davos Fashion Show. In addition to the fashion show, other events include art, music, and a live DJ dance party. According to the event website, the Davos Fashion Show is a satirical performance piece on the pending doom of an apocalypse that shows what life in fashion might look like if we don't take action against big corporations and politicians contributing to climate change. The event will feature music by the Smokestack Relics and upcycled artwork by Kobe Parker Butel, as well as a DJ dance party. It is recommended that you attend the event dressed in your best apocalyptic threads. This is a no-cost event, however, it is encouraged that guests make donations to local nonprofits featured at the event, including Until They Are Home, Trees, Water, and People, and the Sustainable Living Association. I'm Portia Cook, and that's all for your event news. Up next, KCSU's Bailey Liverman sits down with Utah-based band Pixie and the Partygrass Boys to talk about their appearance in Steamboat's Bluegrass Festival, Winter Wondergrass, and more. Welcome to the KCSU Music Podcast. In preparation for this year's Winter Wondergrass Festival in Steamboat, KCSU's assistant music director got to sit down with the bluegrass band Pixie and the Party Grass Boys to discuss everything from festival preparation to their Utah roots. We hope you enjoy. Pixie and the Party Grass Boys, and my name is Amanda Grapes Dellinger. I play the fiddle. It's Katia. Pretty much everybody calls me Pixie. Um, and we sing and speak ukulele. Jerry Mean. I'm Zach, and everybody calls me Zach. And I play the bass. Nice. My name's Ben. I play the mandolin. I'm Andrew. I play guitar. Awesome. So I know y'all have played Winter Wondergrass before. How was your experience with that? We have a lot to Winter Wondergrass. Um, they were through Amanda, knowing some of the like Scotty and Vegas and the folks that ran it. She um, sort of convinced them to just take a chance and let us attend and um, as just as guests. And one of the bands that were there dropped out and they asked us if we wanted to fill a spot, just on the goodwill of knowing her and believing that she would bring a good band. And that opened so many doors for us. All of a sudden, these people that have seen us play that set were telling those other festivals to check us out. Yeah, um, awesome. How long yeah, ago was that? 2017 or 2018, somewhere around there. I feel like anything pre-2021, I'm not sure when it happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, it was a year, like sometime. It's pre-2021, so, or pre-2020, so basically, like, you know, biblical times. Yeah. Yeah, right? Um, Awesome. For sure. Yeah, before the world changed forever and ever. Um, 
So I first heard of y'all because y'all played rhythm in the rhythms on the Rio this summer. And my best friend went and she was like, Oh, there's this awesome band. Like you should hear this song ski and party. So can you tell me a little bit about that song? Uh, uh, so ski and party is a song that I wrote. Uh, and, um, it was just, I had a, I had a friend who had a motto that was ski and party. You can't ski and party if you don't ski and party. And that was kind of her response to like, Hey, do you want to, you know, we'll be on a chairlift and be like, Hey, do you want a beer? And she'd be like, Oh yeah, you can't ski and party if you don't ski and party. Or like if she'd call you up and be like, yo, let's go ski. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can make it up. She'd be like, come on, man. You can't ski and party if you don't ski and party. Um, and I just thought it was like pretty comical and thought it would make a great song. And uh, yeah, I just kind of wrote it with, uh, you know, the uh, mountains in mind and the communities that we have uh, created up here in the mountains in the Wasatch of Utah. And, uh, you know, it's like, because this band, I mean, we kind of all met through skiing and partying. And, uh, For sure. Uh, and we got our we got our start here in, in Salt Lake City, just like through our ski friends. And like, you know, our, our very first gigs were like at like cabins and boards up in the mountains. And um, now this was before me. However, I was there, too. They just didn't know that I was on the same mountain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was kind of how, how that all came. Nice. So I take it skiing is a pretty big part of all you guys' lives. Uh, do you have any favorite ski resorts near you guys? We have to say Greg. We have to. Like, we are always there. Um, some of us have had, had or have cabins there. Most of us have worked there at some point. Um, I got engaged and married there. Yeah. <laughs> we play there every single winter. It's sort of just a lot it's with great. those cabins that Ben was talking about. It was really just the community at Brighton. Um, so there's a lot of fun mountains out here to ski, but I would say the community of Brighton is definitely um, How does living in, in Utah influence y'all's sound? Utah is a, kind of a make-your-own-fun music scene. Like, uh, there's not really much of an established music scene here like you would see in, like, Denver. Or like yeah. Cities that have become uh, national hubs for music we get a lot of good bands coming through here, but like, there's not much of a like scene in Utah proper. And uh, Utah is kind of a, uh, you know, there's such a big influence of the Mormon church uh, that you're either kind of like part of the, the church culture or you're part of the counter culture. So uh, the pushback against, uh, against, you know, the religious influence around here has been a big part of, uh, of uh, my personal songwriting development which is kind of like uh i think i think we have a little bit more of a aggression a bit mm -hmm. more of an edge than you would see in places where life is happier yes for so sure yeah i've always uh agreed with them there's a lot of really like happy and don't get me wrong i love this but a lot of very like happy life and beautiful i live in a cabin on a farm in the mountains bluegrass and then we're over here like, our state is a theocracy and they're ruining the planet. Uh, and there's yeah. a little, can't breathe. And we can't breathe and everything's awful, but we still want to play program. Yeah, um, for sure. And sometimes it comes out pretty with uh, some, you know, lyrics that maybe you'll do that. Sometimes it comes out very 
angry. One of our most recent songs we finished is called These Chickens Eat Fascists. Sure. As they should. <laughs> um, are, are any of you guys actually from Utah? Yeah. Um, boy, me, me, I know me and Dad was born and raised here. And Andrew uh, and mostly raised here. Yeah. I was born in New York, too. Wow. <laughs> He's talking about it. He's talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely talking about it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I'm basically, nice. I'm basically from Utah. I like moved there when I was about ten. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. That's just... actually the only one who had an experience in the Mormon church. Yeah, that's correct. Really? Uh, yeah. How how was that? Uh, you know, it was good in a lot of ways. Like I had like in my ward, which is kind of like the people in your immediate surrounding neighborhoods that go to the same yeah. time slot on Sundays. Yeah. I had a lot of friends, you know, and we did a lot of activities and stuff. So a lot of it was kind of about the neighborhood community. And then when I started reaching my teens, a lot of the stuff I was listening to in the meetings started bothering me, and then I left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up Southern Baptist, so similar kind of yeah. thing, I would say. Um, I mean, obviously not to that like extent, but... Yeah. interesting how that uh how i feel like everyone knows someone who has a story or everyone has a story that's kind um, of this it's like it's all about community and inclusion until you hit your teens and then it's about indoctrination yeah yeah for sure for me growing up in salt lake and not being mormon i grew up and like it was just like i had a bunch of friends in elementary school and they were Mormon, and it wasn't just like whatever. You go to that church, I go to this church, um, or I don't go to church, and you go to that church, and it didn't matter. And then all of a sudden, in my teens, I like felt there was like a lot of pressure for my friends to be Mormon. And then yeah. when I when I resisted that pressure, I lost like all my friends. And, yeah, uh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? Well, I actually have family here that's Mormon, and they like, I met with them once when I moved here, and then they found out I was living with a guy out of wedlock, and I never heard from him again. Oh, well, it happens. Um, <laughs> do you think that influence um, from any of you guys uh, affects the way like your music sounds or like themes in your music mm-hmm. at all? I think you can't avoid it because you live here. Yeah. I think it's what makes us. Us. For sure. But also, like, the good stuff influences it, too. I mean, like, Cabin Fever is a super um, happy instrumental song about, you know, inspired by, um, you know, bright cabins and the landscape and just, like, loving, like, you go outside and you just look around and you're like, oh, my God, there's this gorgeous mountain everywhere I can yeah. hike and ski and just right in my backyard and it's beautiful and amazing, so... You know, there's there's a happy part too that I, I feel like influences me a little bit more. I try not to Ben Ben and I process things differently. Like he embraces the anger and I'm just like, no, let's let's focus on pretty stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Going into the conversation that we're having, um I personally have never really thought about this as me, but I don't actually think that much of it, if any of our music is in response directly to like what we've been talking about, like the local culture i think it's indirectly about utah culture and then doing it now yeah and then a lot of the time i feel like we're, we're 
reacting to um, national culture. Yeah. It's interesting how those two things like reflect each other. Um, I wrote a song called Be Kind. That's how it yeah, be kind that is was a reaction to global events. And our song Be Kind for sure. Yeah. But I, 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 I wouldn't say no that Mormons have much of anything to do with. Yeah, no, I feel that. I was just curious about like I know um lived experiences are a big influence to like anyone's art. And I was curious to see like how those lived experiences or really any other lived experiences that you can name went into like what you are creating. Oh, I'm easy. I only write songs about like love, heartbreak, God death. That's it. That's a love god. She's like Taylor Swift with more variety. I've got like, I've got like, what's it, the sad girl <laughs> songs, and then like musings on God, and then um, love songs to death. That's about all I got. They pretty much all fit one of those. <laughs> That's so interesting. I said like sad girl songs, songs about songs about boys, songs about like <laughs> which I'm like not a sad person anymore. Nice. So, like, what am I going to write about? I've been writing more about, like, God and death. Um, existential thing. I, like, moved on from getting dumped to writing a song recently that, like, talks about priestesses of Avalon. Why not? You happy about your ex. You were happy. I did. One of my most recent songs was actually, like, a, a, a happy song for one of my exes. Like, dang, dude, you look like you're doing great. You're like, oh, that's sweet. I wrote a song, yeah, inspired by seeing my ex-boyfriend really happy. Here's a line in it, but nothing makes me happier than your smiling face. Oh, uh, finally found your place. Um, gosh, who am I, you guys? I don't even want to like share nihilistic, existentially sad memes. You're like a happy, healthy person. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm like fishing forgiveness and happiness on it. Yeah. What have y'all been listening to lately? Well, I've been listening to a lot of Mac DeMarco lately. He's somebody that I've always known about. That's my honest answer because I listen to like salad things today while I was thinking. Um, what else? That's not what I'm to. I think that is so that's cool. Oh, you don't? He's good. <laughs> he's not he's not really anything like our music. Um I really like this band called Leave Quest. They're from Okay, that's good. Um, uh, I'll just I'll try to keep it short, but I've been listening to a lot of uh, Corey Wong and uh, also a lot of Kendrick Lamar, like his uh, earlier stuff, like pre two kind of All right, um, and then um, I've been listening to uh, like just a lot of like classic bluegrass, like Tony Rice, J.D. Crow, and. Uh, a lot of David Bisbee. That makes me feel good to hear that. You know what? <laughs> well, I also, I've also been listening to a lot of like, uh, like obscure old time, like uh, this band called Lonesome Made String Band, which is uh, a lot of bass. Uh, I don't know. Trip, really, yeah. And then um, the, the, the banjo player and the fiddle player have like any fields. Uh, like a, it, the album is called A Field. It's just the two of them in like, Nature playing old time music to like a stereo pair. Uh, oh, sweet! Yeah, yeah. So it's like they're going like feet. It's like modern field recordings. Uh, That's dope. So that and then Kendrick Lamar. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, balance. Listen to a lot of Molly Title Who album and California Blue Drops big staple. Nice. Pass. Oh, yeah, but of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. How could you not mention Yeba? It's like, also we're all obsessed with Yeba. Um, so I actually like weirdly am gonna follow my review guys of like some blue grass traditional stuff on one hand, which you haven't actually really listened to this band. Um, specifically, I have had the song, song of the traveling daughter by Abigail Washburn on loop. That's such a good song. I am obsessed with like the Mandarin Chinese Chinese folk music bluegrass mashup. Um, but then I also, uh, who knew, we needed who knew that we needed bluegrass Chinese? Um, and then on the other hand, um, not really a specific artist, but because I am a caricature, apparently I've been listening to a lot of like uplifting, positive, um, affirmations, perhaps music. Proud. <laughs> That's the whole way to get into that. I would say I would recommend Queen Herbie is like a nice way. She's not trapped, but really she's, a, she's a good. Uh, <laughs> I have a playlist that's like literally just songs that are just like about like I got money in the bank. I'm a powerful woman. It makes me really psyched in the morning. But anyway, Queen Herbie spelled Q V is a great entry point into this. Nice. Genre some, of some motivation. Right. Positive affirmation. Oh, mine's the most boring, I guess. I mean, there's always old time and bluegrass in my playlist, but um, I just went to Ireland last October uh, on a um, like a tour with Socks in the Frying Pan, which is like an Irish band, and so I've been listening to a lot of their radio, which is a lot of Socks in the Frying Pan and um, We Banjo Three, and then there's been this new band in the in the rotation in the playlist, um, the East Pointers. So they're, they're, that's my new discovery of Irish band. So um, yeah, Irish music. Nice. Uh, going back to what Katya said about um, we like, like that question. What we like that question. Oh, okay, good. Um, uh, what Katya said about um, bluegrass and like different genres like coming together to form new beautiful things. Um, bluegrass has changed a lot as a genre over the last few decades. How has that affected y'all? And what is it like seeing bluegrass like become more and more popular as it comes together with so many different other forms of, like genres of music? I would love to, I would love to start from, from my personal experience from the other side of this progression. Um, so I've been in Maryland, like kind of on the hills of the Appalachian Mountains. So I think that this was always kind of in the background of my experience. But I, I don't know that I had listened to more than maybe five bluegrass songs in my entire life um, before starting this band. It was not something that I would seek out, not a band that I ever thought I would find myself in. Um, so I've come from the other side to love the opportunity and the creativity that comes from all of us having various backgrounds of jazz and pop and singer-songwriter and classical and funneling it into um, kind of like getting the 
bluegrass and put glue on all of it or the grass mix. And to what I think Ben was going to say, I I almost think that where bluegrass is today is probably one of the only reasons that we have had so much success. I think maybe, I don't want to sound like egotistical saying this because I don't know if this is true, but like know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, like the scene would have been like, what are these kids doing? Get out of here. Yeah, yeah sure. No, I come from the other end of, of the spectrum where I like, I grew up in Kentucky and like, I love, I've been playing bluegrass since I was seven and I, you know, Rest. Um, and I was living under this super traditional rock really until um actually until winter wintergrass like kind of blew my mind with the kind of progressive bands they had and I like didn't really know that a lot of that was out there um until like you know you know this festival that combines my love of skiing and bluegrass kind of opened my mind to it and um you know when I first met these guys I told them I didn't want to be in a band with them because they were so weird <laughs> you know I wanted to be super you know I wanted to I was trying to start like a really traditional bluegrass band like maybe it was some Celtic undertones um and then I just kept playing gigs with them for money <laughs> and then but then like we just kind of like morphed into this new progressive sound where it like took all of our different backgrounds of like st- super strictly bluegrass and like jazz and classical and broadway and everything and like we kind of put it together and now there's a market out there that actually likes it and yes so, you know it's pretty it's it's pretty exciting to like kind of be in the winter Wondergrass family and like in in this progressive family that's taking bluegrass in a whole new direction i think it's yeah. Because like we like just like coming at it with the opposite end where it's like I just like we there the three of us had like a jazz band that was playing pop music. And I was like, what if we do like a bluegrass thing? Because people like that. And there's actually like a market for it. So it's like we were working backwards from like this unpopular jazz hole. And yeah. like getting into bluegrass just because like people like that music and there's actually <laughs> popular as you can dance to it. Yeah, you yeah. can dance to it. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, yeah, I think this band is really a product of the evolution of the genre because like I don't think they're like, yeah, I don't know if there would have been a home for us in 10 years ago. Like in our story, just a little anecdote from my uh personal journey as this band form was Ben and I uh, we're kind of like shoved together from friends that were like, you guys are both good. You have to meet, you have to play. You are friends now. Yeah. Which is always kind of annoying when you're a musician. It's like everybody wants to try and set you up on blind tickets with other musicians. Yeah, play, yeah. Play. Yeah. It's like not dates. It's just like, oh, you guys, you guys have to play music together. But we had yeah. the mutual friend that we had between us, like, does not offer his opinion. <laughs> so when he was like, dude, you gotta meet my Right. Fun fact, I was just like, what? Fun fact, it's the boyfriend of the you can't be found party girl. Oh, yes. God, those two have been really influential. Yeah. Um, so the <laughs> long story short is that Ben and I finally got over the hurdle of like, another musician. Met five, we're like, wow, you're really good, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we were talking about what kind of music we both wanted to play, and I don't remember how we got to this after the like, I was like, so that we both kind of were like, but also I just want to like pick shit over sometimes. Yeah, like a rock band, <laughs> like, I just, like, like acoustic. Like, <laughs> I just want to like break stuff sometimes. And, um, yeah. 
and now we're this. So yeah, for sure. Uh, can y'all tell me a little bit more about the label, like Party Grass? What is that to you guys? Um, Zach's fault, really. Yeah, is it Zach's fault? <laughs> I uh, was really into like a person's name and the something something. Name? Blank and the blank and the blank and the blanky blanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the OG like consideration was Katia and the KGB. Yeah, we're yeah, a grass band. We speak well with it. Kind of. I think right now. Before I came on. Yeah. More than you already do. Anyhow, yes, yeah, quite a long name. Uh, we started like playing in, uh, we all knew like the same like party music from like playing gigs around town. So when we first joined, we were playing without a drummer. Um, and it was like bluegrass ish, really big ish from back then. <laughs> it wasn't bluegrass, so great. It's getting a chunk, yeah. It's like boom, boom, chunk pop music. They were doing it. No, we thought it'd be like it, was, it wasn't bluegrass. We didn't want to, it was more it was party things. It was like the dead south of Morning Yeah, but so um, I was promised a bluegrass band in England. We've been moving up since then. <laughs> I think it's still a good word for like what we do because it's kind of as we were talking about with the genre is sort of expanding and becoming something way more uh, adventurous, exploratory. Um, it's kind of hard sometimes to explain to people what kind of music we play, especially people who are not familiar with where bluegrass have gone. Because if they yeah. say what you play and we say bluegrass, they're not going to picture, think of what we play. And if we say new grass, they're not going to think of what we play. Yeah. I say progressive. It's like the bluegrass, but it's parties. Yeah. All these qualifiers, like, oh, it's like super progressive bluegrass. It's jazzy, jammy bluegrass. It's this, it's that. But I mean, it's like, it's progress. It, it is. Also, yeah. Like, up to our day, because we probably have like four songs that Maybe, I try. maybe four slow songs. I try. I, I bring them. I bring so many. You know, that's true. Yeah. You know, don't play them hard. Like, that's, that's exaggerating a little bit. You know, mostly. Um, <laughs> I would say it's kind of fun. I feel like the word party grass, I've been watching the word party grass like pop up in other places. Nice. Um, well, so here's my fun story. Here's my yeah, fun story. Right now, like my fun story about party grass is that, um, again, I was not super in the genre. And one of the first songs that kind of like popped on my feed that I got obsessed with was um, one of Kyle Tuttle's songs, actually. He has this um, Raga. It's like a raga played on the banjo. Got obsessed with it. I was like, oh, gosh, I guess I like banjos now. Yeah. Um, and completely... I don't know why, but I think I was, I was on Instagram and like clicked on the party grass hashtag and he had recently posted one of his posts and hashtagged it party grass. Really? That's my band name. That's my band name. name. And uh, we became Instagram friends because of that. And months, maybe, maybe the better part of a year later, 
I think we actually met the first time at maybe at Winter Wonderland. Oh, yeah. So he and I became friends on Instagram because of the hashtag party grass. Um, and then, yeah, like the next Winter Wondergrass, I, I reached out. I was like, oh my gosh, we are playing at the same festival. Like, do you want to come sit in with us? And he did. And now we're all real life friends. And he's on our next album. No, he's not. He's not? No, Sam did. Oh, we say his name so many times, though. He was, he was totally Chaos, sorry, we all just talk at the same time. We're going to uh, have a guest solo on our upcoming album, but he just couldn't um, find the time to get it in this summer. So, next. For sure. Um, This is going to be my first time going to Winter Wondergrass. Do you have any tips and tricks? Like, what is, what's the deal? Onesie, wear a onesie and take lots of vitamin C. <laughs> okay, nice. It's like eat I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> eat tons of garlic. I've gotten super good. Actually, I've been I've been uh, taking extra vitamin C in preparation for upcoming cruise. I would say if you are if you're a, if you're a fun outfit person, it's definitely I think a fun. Um, change up of like festival wear because instead of like little skimpy I don't want to sweat to death outfits you're like I yeah. don't want to freeze to death while I'm outside in the pouring snow and yeah at night pouring dumping snow um, so it's kind of fun to see everybody like in their like puffy ski suits and their onesies and their big crazy hats oh I, I love it all the hippie smells are self-contained <laughs> Um, most of my advice would be pretty generic festival advice like I would say go to the side stages a lot of times Winter Wondergrass is really awesome for seeing new music because they'll put the same band on a side stage more than once um so the band will play like two or three sets on the side stage one band and then in the next set you post the other band it's it's easier to not have to pick and choose that with a convoluted way of saying. I don't know. It's kind of, it's so fun. Find find the jams. Sometimes there's jams in hotel rooms, or not hotel rooms, uh, conference rooms. Those are fun. Yeah, my sister lives in Steamboat. She works at a ski shop and she was like, oh yeah, you're coming to Winter Wondergrass? That's when all like the hippies are like coming in to rent skis and like whatever. Um, she's funny. Um, so we very much time left um what are the okay for each of y'all can you go around and say what the first concert you ever went to was and what your favorite concert you've ever been to was okay i can go first i'll go first so okay i my dad is a musician and a sound engineer so technically i grew up going to all these like little hippie concerts that he was working sound for all the time but i mean in like churches and stuff that doesn't count yeah my first concert that like of my own volition got tickets to go see was nine inch nails um and it was the coolest lineup you guys it was tv on the radio Bauhaus, and nine inch nails like oh wow it was the in hindsight because at the time i didn't know tv on the radio or Bauhaus was and now in hindsight i'm like that was the coolest lineup of the festival Festival. Single night show ever. So that was my first one. I'm a little bit obsessed with Dread Razor. It's fun. Nice. 
the very first concert I ever went to as a human being was pretty badass, actually. It was, it was The Grateful Dead in 1994. It was Jerry's last concert in Utah before he died, died with his year. And I was like four or five years old. That's and insane. I have like very few fleeting memories of it, but it happened. I have the ticket. Um, Ew, yeah, now you can say you can say you went. Like you don't need to. It's yeah. My first like concert of my own volition, not nearly as cool, was uh, <laughs> was three eleven. Yeah, <laughs> with the uh, incubus opening. Oh, and the sign of the times. Yeah, sign of the times. Yeah. Indeed. All right, my first my first concert that I went to because I don't recall what was before that was Primus and the Aquabats and nice. some other band who I can't recall. Yeah, but they were just <laughs> they were screaming South before it went on TV during the oh, change of those three bands. So we were like, "What is this television show?" Then I'm talking about South Park that I accidentally swear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then my favorite was probably Paul McCartney. I saw him in Golden Gate Park. My first one as a human, I think, was Boston's in New York. <laughs> the, the band Boston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, you know, the band New York in Boston. Uh, and I do think that my first concert, my own volition, was also Freeland. <laughs> I really, I really do. Yeah, it's like because I was like a three eleven fan, and they played it. You sounded like every year they loved it, uh, and it might have been the same one Ben went to. No, that okay. was at Salt Air. Salt Air, okay. That yeah. was after that. Tammy and Merle were my first, um, and that was when I was a little kid. I don't know, like three. I don't know. I was, I was young. My parents, and I'm not entirely sure about concerts of my own volition because my parents did bring me to a lot of concerts. They're all country music um, and we're classical. And so, and I think I started actually playing shows before I started really going to shows as an adult. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's true. No, like when I was playing bars in Atlanta, um, like, yeah, I like hadn't really gone to too many shows like outside of school or my parents that my parents had taken me to. So, which brings me to, I think, my first adult show where I, like, you know, um, bought tickets and went, and it was 311. That's so funny. That was KCSU's local music director, Bailey Liverman, with the band Pixie and the Party Grass Boys. To listen to more podcasts like these, go to kcsufm.com or check us out on Spotify at KCSUFM or under the KCSU Music Podcast. Thank you and have a great day.
Are you a music creator looking to get their songs heard? Then go to kcsufm.com to submit your music. Find the music tab, click submit your music for airplay, and you'll find a step-by-step on how to get your songs to us. Can't wait to hear it and keep listening to 90.5 KCSU. In national news, political tension is rising as President Biden's student debt relief plan faces the possibility of being struck down by the Supreme Court. The disapproval of young college-educated voters is a high stake for Biden as they play a key role in the Democratic Party and could very well decide whether he returns for a second term or not. The White House is wanting to deflect disappointment and push criticism onto Republicans for putting the plan on hold through legal challenges. Biden said, quote, Currently, the only thing blocking that plan is opponents of the plan suing us. Chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, Ronna McDaniel, said in a statement Tuesday that the Democrats' plan is a quote-unquote bailout for the wealthy and is unfair to Americans who either saved for college or didn't go at all. McDaniel also said Biden's plan was a desperate vote grab that voters see right through. If the plan does end up being rejected, there will still be other policies from the Education Department available, like the revamped loan forgiveness program for public workers that wipes debt after 10 years of repayment. And the Biden administration is also trying to make a new loan repayment plan that would lower or pause monthly payments based on income. Information for this update comes from AP News. I'm Lee Zimpel. Those were your national news updates. Up next, Eliza Drotar will go over all things sports in the CSU Sports Report. My name is Eliza Drotar. This is your RMR Sports Report. In track and field news, the women's team won the Indoor Mountain West Field Championship this weekend out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and the head coach has been named the Indoor Coach of the Year for the Mountain West. Congratulations, everyone. In men's basketball news, the team won their most recent game against Wyoming here in Fort Collins, 84-71 to in the border war. They'll be facing off against San Jose State later this week and finishing off their regular season against New Mexico here in Fort Collins. In women's basketball, the team lost to Wyoming in Wyoming 60-76 and will be facing off against Boise State later this week to finish up their season before heading off to the Mountain West next weekend. In women's softball news, the team competed in the Texas State Tournament where they won against UT Arlington, lost both times against Texas State, lost against Kansas, and won both times against UTSA. Their next set of matches will be the GCU Invitational, where they will be facing GCU and Albaline Christian before starting their season here in Fort Collins. My name is Eliza Drotar. This has been your RMR Sports Sport. Are you or your family affected by mental illness? You are not alone. The National Alliance on Mental Illness of Larimer County offers free support groups and classes for people living with mental illness and their families. Call us at 970-282-8796 or find us on Facebook under NAMI Larimer. That's N-A-M-I Larimer. It's gonna be alright, you know. It's gonna be alright.
I'm Portia Cook with your Fort Collins weather forecast for today, Thursday, March 2nd. After a day of snow, it is a beautiful day here in Fort Collins. Today, we will see mostly sunny skies with winds moving southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour and a high of 44. Tonight, you can expect temps to drop to a high of 26 with partly cloudy skies and light winds. Friday will give us a high of 46 with partly cloudy skies in the morning and increasing clouds and rain showers later in the day. Friday night, we will see a 30% chance of snow starting with mostly clear skies early in the day and snow showers ending around midnight. Moving into the weekend, Saturday is giving us mostly cloudy skies throughout the day with a high of 41 degrees. And Sunday temps jump back up to a high of 49 with a mixture of sun and clouds. As for next week's weather, you can tune in for the next episode of the Rocky Mountain Review only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I am Portia Cook with your KCSU Weather Report. Information comes from the Weather Channel. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. I would also like to thank Lee Zempel, our news producer, Adam Carlson, as well as the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section, or you can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcast by searching KCSU News. And with that, we will see you next time.